2: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, covers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash daily podcast. Whether you're with the strikers, the stars, or the sixes, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun it's gonna be a ripper big bash 10 Hello everybody
0: Welcome along It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily I'm James Butler the cricket badger Thanks to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these Big Bash Dailies snapping up the right mortgages for you Give them a follow as well on Twitter at Money. We've got a double header in the Big Bash We've got the test match in Sri Lanka on the screen in front of me as well and uh, we've seen two important results I think in the Big Bash today Per Scorchers beating Hobart Hurricanes by 22 runs in the first game of today's play and then on the screen to my left I'm surrounded by cricket it's a Badgers dream today the uh, Sydney Sixers are going down falling short against the Sydney Thunder who racked up an enormous score 232 with a big 100 for Alex Hales joining me to talk about all of that and more it's Michael Baldwin of the Top Order podcast Enrito Mitra Rito, these doubleheaders towards the end of this group stage are going to be exciting aren't they and we've seen two games today it hasn't actually uh, assured either winning side anything in the competition but the Sydney Thunder there. and the Perth Scorchers look a lot more handily placed come this evening than they did this morning
1: yes it's a huge victory for Sydney Thunders, although they haven't won it yet but it's a huge huge uh, victory for them well, to I'll, win t- I'll against tell you what Six-
0: Rito on the screen in front of me they need yeah. 48 from one ball so I think they've won it <laughs> I think
1: they've won it yeah yeah. now that's mathematically impossible so they are I am calling it so they have won it now so it's a huge victory for Sydney Thunder to do it against a uh, top side Sydney Sixers obviously there is a friendly uh, derby between them going on and to do that and Alex Hales, how good he has been throughout this competition. Well, he has been con- uh, consistent throughout this competition, but one thing that was missing was a big score and he got that today. He's a- always nice to watch him in good flow.
0: Yeah, I mean, Michael, Alex Hales has gone back to the top of the run scoring charts in the Big Bash this time around. And if he could be critical of him, because he's had a good tournament, there's no doubt about it, but he hasn't uh, before today put a really big score on the board, a-, a-, a score that actually wins the game on its own almost. And that's what he did today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sydney Thunder on a good batting wicket in Adelaide really needed someone to step up and make a big score because it was a 200 looking batting surface at the Adelaide Oval, small boundaries. The traditionally long boundaries were brought in quite a distance. So Sydney Thunder batting first had to make a big score and it was Alex Hales that stood up 110 or 56. So I think that's probably the best I've seen Alex Hales bat in, in my in my viewing of, of him. He was outstanding tonight. Eight sixes from him and it just looked like the ground wasn't nearly big enough. And I think uh, the old saying goes on any ground, he would have been devastating on, on just about any ground in world cricket tonight. Yeah,
0: the Sixers in reply, I mean, they've obviously had a fantastic tournament, they're still top of the ladder, Michael, but when you've got that score to chase, you need everything to go right with you, and they, they lost a, a few wickets in a bit of a flurry um, around about the fifth six over, and never really kind of cut, came back into the, the chase after that.
2: Yeah, it was all looking good until the introduction of Tanvir Sanger, and then all of a sudden a run out in the first over, Cutting took a wicket to dismiss Hughes early, and that kind of really changed the complexion of the of the Sydney Thunder innings, uh, sorry, the Sydney Sixes innings and they weren't able to get back that early momentum that Philippe and James Vince had managed to get together and they were looking on track through about six overs at least to chase down the bash boost point which we've guaranteed them a top two spot but uh, the Thunder have broken a three game losing streak tonight they get all four points so that puts them back up the pointy end of the competition and they're looking like real finals contenders
0: uh, and they needed that didn't they Reto the Thunder they had lost three on the bounce and they started slipping down the table they've been up with uh, your team Sydney Sixes, at the top end of the ladder but starting to drift down the table just at the wrong time and that really comprehensive win today puts them back in the right frame of mind going into the rest of this tournament doesn't it?
1: Sort of tonic you want before the playoffs really. Now this victory moves them up to number three position from number five and hopefully Sydney Thunder with the next two games again in Adelaide again against the Adelaide strikers they will want more of the
0: same First Scorchers Rito they won by 22 as we said against the Hobart Hurricanes that again in the same way as the Thunder I mean First Scorchers are in a little bit more of a consistent trot than the Thunder have been but after a poor start to the tournament they've crept up the table now in second or still in second after today's win but four points behind the Sydney Sixers and, and looking pretty ensconced in that playoff position obviously finishing the top two Rito is a, a massive boost going into the playoffs my team my my amazing boys in orange the First Scorchers they, they just keep winning
1: yes First Scorchers they started off the competition rather slowly. But once they moved to off the stadium in Perth from there, their competition, their tournament has only moved up and up. And unfortunately for Hobart Hurricanes, they started off very well in Hobart. Now, when they have moved away from Hobart, now they're looking like they might miss out on the playoff spot
0: today. Uh, Josh Inglis, Michael, he seems to be in a, a fairly decent run of form at the moment. He was born in Leeds, in Yorkshire, um, just down the road from where I'm sitting talking to you today in New Zealand. But he, he's a, a, a youngster that I know a, a lot of people have got a, a, a of time for. 58 today, top scored for the Scorchers. They were important runs from him and what, what can you tell us about him? I mean, I know he played for the uh, Yorkshire Age Group sides, maybe even the Academy when he was across in uh, in England but came across to Australia and is uh, and doing himself proud over there at the moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Big runs from all the prospective Australian wicket keeper batsmen today in the big bash to go with Alex Carey's maiden century or, or maiden this year anyway, uh, last night as well. So Inglis and Josh Felipe tonight getting in amongst the runs and Alex Carey yesterday all heaping massive pressure on the Australian Test match captain and incumbent Tim Payne to keep his spot. But yeah, he looks a likely character. 25 years of age, uh, he's come through the Western Australian system under 17s, under 19s. He's played for Yorkshire, as you say, in the academy system over in in England as well. Uh, so he looks a, he looks a good tidy keeper, good up to the stumps, good to the spinners, uh, and looks a really impressive batsman across all three formats. He's from Yorkshire. Nuff said. Nuff said. In changing times like these, make a change yourself, buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile.
0: Um, let's have a look at the uh, Big Bash table then. After those two games today, the Sydney Sixers still top of the table. They're on 32 points from 12 games played. In fact, all teams have played. 12 games now, two games left for each of these sides going into the remainder of the uh, Big Bash League campaign. Perth Scorch is four points behind, then you've got the Thunder on 27, the Stars are on 24, Adelaide Strikers are on 24, and then you get down to Hobart Hurricanes 23, Brisbane Heat 21, the Melbourne Renegades down and out really, they they can't qualify, they're on 13, but Michael, your team the Brisbane Heat there, I'm kind of looking at that table, probably alongside the Hobart Hurricanes, they need to win the last two games really, don't they, to have have a real chance of getting into the top five, If if they they lose one, that gives points to other sides and they, they're starting to lose ground again.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it looks like the the Heat and, and maybe the Hurricanes, I still have faith in the Hurricanes to pull out a win against either the Sixers or the Renegades to get themselves through to the finals. But Brisbane play Melbourne tomorrow night or the 23rd of January and they also play the Perth Scorchers on the 26th. So Brisbane, you would think, would have to win both of those games. They're a good chance of beating the, the Renegades even though it's in Melbourne uh, but I think that the Perth Scorchers will have uh, the better of the Brisbane Heat and they'll finish just outside the eight uh, of the final five, sorry. The Hurricanes I, I think they'll probably go down to the Sixers again and probably beat the Renegades so you'd think that both of those sides would finish the tournament splitting their last two games and will and we'll probably end up out of the points I would suggest.
0: Rito. we talked a bit about your team, the Sydney Sixers yesterday but they're still top, they've been top for a while now haven't they? They've had a really good season so far it wasn't their day to day but yeah, generally speaking, the health check of this tournament so far, eight wins, four defeats from the- their twelve games played, they'll go into the playoffs, no doubt about it, and they'll go into the playoffs with a lot of confidence behind them. You guys have jinxed my team, uh, James. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, just to just to do some quick maths there, that game today or the games today mean that Sydney Sixers are definitely in the playoffs.
1: But it's a huge victory, as I say, for Sydney Thunder's to win by forty six runs against Sydney Sixers. It's a huge, huge win. Sixers, they will again revalue reevaluate themselves where they went wrong on a flat pitch at the Adelaide, chasing the highest total in bbl ever they would have highly liked one of the top three to go absolutely berserk like alex did but unfortunately for them it didn't go to plan and they lost in the end by a fair margin
0: bluecrocodile.co.uk sorts your mortgage in a snap are you a first-time buyer with your eyes on that dream house are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal Let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. I'm just re-watching some of the highlights of Alex Hale's innings today. He can hit it a long, long way. Can the English open it? absolutely cracking sixes galore innings of 110 today let's talk about the BlueCrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match I'm going to do what I did yesterday because there's one standout performance today so Rito Alex Hales yes or no Yep. Michael Alex Hales yes or no oh 110% yes absolutely 110% for every single running score today 110 from Alex Hales in the Sydney Thunder victory over there Sydney rivals there's Alex Hales in tremendous form in this competition he goes back to the top of the ladder for the most runs In the Big Bash League. And he is our bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match. Mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side. Blue Crocodile. Making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Follow them on Twitter at Blue Croc Money. Or find them on Facebook. Blue Crocodile. Right then, Rito, Michael, it's my birthday today. Now, I don't celebrate it anymore because it's getting the number's getting quite high, so I'll try and forget that part of it, but I'm going to give us a birthday wish, a badger birthday wish for the Big Bash League as we go, either through the rest of this tournament or in the future, however you want to interpret that, and you can have whatever you like. Michael, you tantalised me a bit on our WhatsApp group. What's your... Wish for my birthday for the big
2: bash. Well, firstly, James, many happy returns for your special day. In lockdown in England, with nothing to do apart from watch cricket. Yes, yeah, so I mean, there's I, worse I, things. I, I imagine that even getting a cake will be will be tricky. But I hope you can. Uh, I hope you get spoiled in in some way, shape or form. Look, I think that. Today's dismissal of Moses Enriques has further reinforced for me the need for DRS in the Big Bash. It's a major marquee tournament on the international cricket calendar. And I don't want to keep pointing out the mistakes that umpires make because I would hate it if people came on and, and stood behind me and pointed out all the mistakes that I make in my daily work and, and that I make coming and appearing on, yeah. on this show. But we really need to have DRS. There's no reason why the technology can't be used in this environment. I don't think it's a prohibitive cost issue for either Cricket Australia or the broadcast partners to have DRS. If Channel 7 have $450 million to give to Cricket Australia to broadcast cricket in Australia over five years, then they've got enough money uh, to fund DRS in my view. So that would be my wish uh, for the BBL moving forward.
0: Yeah, I can not agree more with that. We've talked that, about that a little bit as we've gone through this big bash because there have some, been some howlers in this. And the one thing that the DRS does give you is that chance to just rule out the howler. Everybody knows umpires are human beings and they're going to make a few mistakes here and there. But the real howlers that saw off a player when he's 23, not out, he might go on and do an Alex Hales and get 110 and win the game on his own. You don't know and you'll never find out because the mistake's been made and DRS kind gets of you, gets you around that and totally agree. Rito, I'm going to give you a wish for my badger birthday. What are you going to choose?
1: Well, James firstly many happy restaurants of the day and I would like to repeat Michael's point we want DRS in the next BBL. A lot of people have said that it will probably take a bit of time out of the game. Do away with that strategic timeout and get DRS in. That improves the quality of the game and we want that.
0: I don't want to sound really boring, but I, I have DRS on my list as well. I'm going to choose something different just to try and give us a little bit of variety. But I think if you're listening, um, Cricket Australia, Big Bash organisers, three of us here that have covered this tournament, watched a lot of this competition, crying out for DRS. It's got to be looked at. But I, I think, and it's a general point about T20 competitions around the world. When T20 came in, in England, it was two or three group games and then then a finals day or something like that from memory going back quite a long time now golden goose kind of style cricket sees that it starts to get crowds and cricket sees that it starts to get T V revenue and cricket extends it and extends it and tries to get more and more and more and you end up with tournaments that are 10 weeks long in in the same way that the hundreds been brought in much to my chagrin but is being brought in to try and simplify the game make it more bite-sized and not an oxymoron a paradox whatever the word is to actually bring in bite-sized cricket but then make it last so long that doesn't make any sense to me because you're you're asking you're demanding spectators who aren't as invested in the game as, as we are to basically concentrate for six seven eight weeks you can't just keep squeezing this golden goose before it basically expires and cricket has to be a little bit canny you know sometimes short and sweet unless he's more is the best way to go and I I think just reducing the tournament by a little bit doesn't have to be too much they've added in even an extra playoff side in the BBL this time which gives you another game or two at the end of it as well I just don't see the rhyme or reason in that it needs to have an appeal to the public and it needs to be something which uh, isn't throwaway, but it doesn't demand people to kind of invest so much of their lives in. applies to the IPL as well as the Big Bash. That would be a good move, I think, in terms of uh, the longevity of these competitions. Just move on from the Big Bash for a second and talk about England. They've announced their team to go to India and caused a little bit of controversy. Lots of people being rested. Johnny Bairstow, who played so well in the first Test match in Sri Lanka, being rested for the first couple of Tests in India. Joss Butler, who has just started to make a fist of, uh, well, fist, not the right word for wicketkeeping, but a a soft, receptive hand of the wicketkeeper duties for England, is going to go for the first test match only and then go home before he then rejoins for the white ball stuff. Joffre Archer, Ollie Pope and Rory Burns are coming back into the setup. A lot of talk about players kind of not picking and choosing, but kind of being rotated, rested, whatever the phrase is, Michael. How how do you see that? I mean, sitting in New Zealand as an Aussie fan.
2: Well, very confused for one, James. I feel like the England selectors have to have one of those big giant boards with a map on it and the big long wooden brooms pushing figures around so they know where everyone is Anyone, sh- any one time, but I- I'll put it back to you. Do you think that these chopping and changing of selections is a response to potential bubble fatigue or do England have one eye on the ashes next summer down here in Australia and aren't quite sure what the makeup of their best eleven is at this point?
0: I think it's a combination of both, Michael. I think, I mean, before I get a little bit critical, point to make, I think, is that it's a massive task for the ECB. I mean, you hinted at it there. So many players, so many games, The 17 test matches in twenty. 21 for England and um, white ball games as well with the, the run up to the world T20. Yeah. So, so a lot to think about and a lot of squads and a lot of balls to juggle. The, the thing that annoys me a little bit is that Let's use Joss Butler. I don't mean to pick Joss Butler out because you know, he, he's one of many. If we use Joss Butler as the example, yes, he plays all formats. Yes, he's got a family. Yes, bubble fatigue is huge and mental health needs to be treated very seriously. And looking after players' welfare is, is a massive thing. But equally, we know which of these series that England have got coming up this year are the most important. Sri Lanka is a, an important tour, but it's not as important as going to India. It's not as tough as going to India. And if England win in India, that goes down as one of the, the greatest moments in Jerry Root's captaincy. Equally, the ashes at the end of the year is always the pinnacle going to Australia is always tough and if Jerry ends up with the urn in his hands that seals what hopefully for England spectators will be a, an enormous year for them but then you've got India coming to England should be easier moving ball India will find that harder New Zealand coming to India you know England in their own backyard should be able to control with that so you can maybe rotate in those matches when I've been critical of Joss Butler in the past because I don't think he's batting in, at test level has quite worked out just yet he showed signs at the end of last year that he was starting to Make a go of it, and then next thing you know, they're resting him for the most important tour. But every time I've been critical of Joss Butler, people have been saying to me, "Well, India will not want to see him in the side. Australia won't want to see him in the side." But the first chance we get to actually measure that to see if India are genuinely scared of him and whether he is a threat to India because he's played IPL and all the rest of it, he's withdrawn after one game. And what's the point of taking somebody on for one game of a series when you've got three other games in that series to play? Poor old Ben folks is going to be sitting there twiddling his thumbs through that first Test match before he gets the gloves and then has to start cold that makes no sense at all either it's not fair on ben fokes and I, I just don't quite get that i'm all for rotating michael I think it's important in this year because England have got a lot to do, and players are going to get burnt out. But it's when you rotate them that that would be my point back at you.
2: Yeah, I can't disagree with the concept of of rotation, particularly if it, did I hear that right that England play seventeen Test matches in this calendar yes. year? Yeah, 7, seventeen wow.
0: Test matches. That's that's a lot. Eighty five days of this year of Test match Test match cricket.
2: Yeah, so so you're going to have to rotate players, and I, and I can understand particularly rotating the bowlers. So you're giving Joffa Archer a rest. Ben Stokes carries a massive workload it makes sense to give him a rest. I'm not quite sure about resting the wicketkeeper or, or chopping and changing your wicketkeeper. It's such an important role in the side that I think, and, and any wicketkeeper will I, will, will, I think, agree in that repetition and practice in the middle is the only way to, to make sure that you keep your form. So, Especially
0: as you're just making a real go of it. You know, I've been critical yeah, for two absolutely. years of Joss Butler. Suddenly he's making a go of it and then they withdraw him. That makes no sense. Yeah,
2: I wonder what the expectation is for Ben. Folks, So he's going to play two or three test matches on the on the India tour, you would think, knowing that he's only going to play those test matches and with the expectation that after that, Josh Butler will resume the incumbency of of being that test wicketkeeper. keeper. What's the pass mark then for Ben Folks? Does he have to average 40 and be completely clean with the gloves behind the stumps? It, it seems like that, you know, while it's great to give the kid a go and blood him a little bit, it might be a case of, of maybe there's not very clear expectations for the young man and that could have even worse consequences than than not give him a go in the first place.
0: Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. It'd be interesting. I mean, I, I don't see it happening because Ben Folks is going to have an awful lot to do because that's going to be a tough mm. tour of India. But if he makes three double centuries, he's it, going to make it difficult, isn't he, <laughs> for them to then just bring Josh Butler back into the side. You know, that potentially just unsettles it because in whatever sport you're in, whatever the reason, whether it's COVID rotation, whether it's an injury or something, as soon as you, you give that shirt up, you risk not getting it back again, don't you? No matter how good you are. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Rito, for, from the other point of is that obviously it's a very busy year for England's players, but eight or nine weeks of that is going To be spent in a bubble in with the IPL, that's the player's choice, isn't it? If, you, if you're if you playing IPL, if you're Josh Butler and you've signed up to play for the IPL, that's your choice. England are obviously, you know, after a long protracted thing with Kevin Peterson, etc., they've kind of bent over and said, Right, yeah, you can go and play in the IPL if it makes you happy. We've seen obviously there's knock on effects with England's white ball team, it's made England better in one day cricket, and I think the IPL's had p- a part to play in that. Surely from an England perspective, and this would be my, the way, kind of my look at it, we're going to look after our players for England games. Now, if you want to go off and play in the IPL, that's up to you. We're not going to arrest you because you're playing in the IPL because that's your own personal game that you're doing that for. That's not England. How do you see that, Rita? Do you, do you see the IPL as being a an extension of England of an England player's year and the ECB should look at that or should that be something they do off their own back and if they get bubble fatigue doing that, that's their problem?
1: Probably this year with the World 2020 later in the year. ECB can't ask the players to not go to the IPL this year, I think. They would ideally want to go to the IPL and practice their skills because ECB has said that specifically this year they are going to, their priority will be the test match and T20 cricket. Can you see, Rita, that, that,
0: that, that a lot of England fans that I see on Twitter are annoyed that Josh Bull is missing the test series against India, which is to them, as an England fan, important because partly he's going to play eight, nine weeks or, you know, isolating and playing in the IPL. Somebody said to me on Twitter yesterday, another journalist said that IPL is not as, as harsher bubble because you can take your family and you can do all that kind of stuff. So it's a a happier bubble. You've got home comforts there because you've got your family around you. So on that basis, why why should the ECB take the IPL into its calculations when giving players a rest? And I mean, Johnny Bairstow, surely after playing one test match in Sri Lanka, getting the bug back and scoring a few runs, would surely want to play those first test matches in India if he's able to. Yeah,
1: probably if I'm Johnny Bairstow, I'm thinking to myself that block of rest is a block of nonsense, probably. But you understand that... ECB for a long time saw the test format as the priority and Audi and T20s was more of an afterthought and they then suffered that shock loss in Australia in 2015 and then they moved away and now probably they look at all the formats uh, with kind of the same importance but this year they have mentioned that Test Match and T20 cricket will be their top priority and they're kind of looking to split it into half hard to look into probably they will get it spot on at times and probably not so it's hard to Uh,
0: yeah I mean don't get me wrong it's for the ECB side of stuff this is a this is a minefield and they're doing exactly the right thing in terms of prioritizing rest for players and making sure they're looked after just one final point michael as a neutral joss butler we all know how good he is in white ball cricket if you're going to pick a world 11 he's either in it or very close to it do england gain anything by playing him in the white ball stuff at the end of this tour rather than actually during the test matches because surely you can bring in a second wicketkeeper you can play ben fox in the one day stuff he's done that before and scored a century in one day cricket do they learn anything by playing Joss Butler in the T20s and ODIs at the end of this tour? Surely they could give him a rest then and actually play him in the test matches.
2: I think the only thing that the England selectors will want to have clear in their minds going into the T20 World Cup in India is where in the order it's best to have Stokes, yeah, uh, Joss Butler and uh, Jason Roy and, and Johnny Bairstow assuming that all four of them are going to play uh, some role for England in that tournament. So I think going into that T20 World Cup, you throw Dawood Milan in there as well. I think what they would want to achieve is clarity around which of those guys is going to bat at the top and which of those guys is going to play the finishing role. And to see that kind of working in in practice, because we saw in the IPL that Stokes was used at the top of the order. Joss Butler dropped down a little bit. Um, you throw Jason Roy in there. You throw Dawood Milan in there. You throw Johnny Bairstow that was used in the opening role and I think at number three from memory in the IPL as well at times so I think that would be the only question the selectors would want to answer going into India in Indian conditions other than that I think you're absolutely right Josh Butler's locked in to their England white ball side as long as he is fit and available I think it's just a question of role really and who that who they can fit in to those top three or four spots in their order
0: I find myself really conflicted on this one because I spent a lot of time this year or this last year saying players need to be looked after we can't just burn them out chasing the money and everything like that uh, and obviously from Josh Butler's point of view you can't play him every single day you can't just flog him to death but just doesn't quite sit right for me in terms of being an England fan first and foremost this is a massive series going to India is the hardest test series there is for an England team alien conditions against a very very good side at the moment as well I would prefer to see my best team in that and players rested around that um, rather than see uh, players missing arguably the best series of this this year in terms of being an England support but again you can't necessarily argue that entirely and still want players to be rested and uh, and recuperated and uh, their mental health looked after so I find it very difficult to argue either without thinking immediately thinking of the other side of the equation we'll see how it pans out Joss Butler won't be there for the uh, second to fourth test match in India last question to you Rito before we finish today's podcast the birthday podcast for the Badger India obviously massively excited after winning that test series against Australia England just around the corner in February through March the World T20 in in India well, it's not a bad time to be an Indian cricket fan at the moment, is it?
1: Not at all, James. With England's nine-test match series coming up very shortly, and then, of course, the World 20 there's a lot to look forward after the massive, massive win in Australia. And the way they are, the cricketers have been welcomed back into the country, it's just massive. It tells you how big an achievement that was.
0: Back to the big bash. We've seen wins today for the Sydney Thunder. We've seen wins today for the mighty Perth Scorchers, who are consolidating their position in second in the Big Bash table. They've all played 12. They've all got two games remaining in BBL 10 before we get into the playoffs. Loads of excitement to come. We'll cover it all on these BBL dailies. But until we meet again, thank you very much, Michael and Rito for joining me today. Absolute
2: (laughs) pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for having me, James. Thank you to both of you.
0: And thank you to everybody for listening as well. Hope you're enjoying the Big Bash. Hope you're enjoying the Big Bash dailies. And uh, thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these daily podcasts. And I've been James the Cricket Badger, and I'll see you again tomorrow.
2: Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then.